Okay. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Complete Sports Media's podcast. I'm your host, Darren Campbell, and we're doing a uh, Monday weekend wrap-up. Uh, we had a long weekend. The August long weekend fell on August 1st uh, this weekend, so we got a extra day off for work. Uh, Jason doesn't even probably know what day it is because <laughs> he's been off forever, but uh, we've got him joining us uh, talking about the weekend in sports. And uh, yeah, first of all, uh, happy long weekend. How was it? It was good. You know, like I only learned that there was a long weekend on yesterday. I didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> been off work so long. Somebody was mentioning that, like uh, it was a friend that was on the phone. And he's like, well, it's a long weekend. And I go, what are you talking about? What long weekend? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, the one where we get the Monday off. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize. <laughs> I had no idea. No idea. Yeah, but, uh, that's, that's what I thought. It usually happens that way when you haven't worked for a while. You kind of just, uh, yeah, just another day is another day. Exactly. Another day is another day. But at the same time, I still had a good weekend. You know, like I, I was I was able to, you know, hang out with uh, a buddy of mine on Saturday and watch the fights, the UFC fights and stuff. So I was, that was good. Oh, that's okay. great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Well, I, I took advantage of the... Long weekend and uh, headed up the Sea to Sky Highway, uh, went uh, camping and went and enjoyed a ton of festivities um, all up and down the coast there. And uh, man, we, we actually had a, just an awesome time, uh, gorgeous weather and uh, so much to see, so much to do. Um, yeah, I, I could have probably stayed another week. Um, we. Uh, we only uh, had a little bit of challenges, though. Um, in BC these days, you have to book everything that you want to go to now. You have to have reservations months in advance, and uh, it wasn't something we did. So we arrived places, and uh, nope, can't go there, can't go here, can't go there. And uh, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's partly COVID and partly too many people living out here now. Uh, you got to be... <laughs> Having reservations for everything you want to see. Oh yeah, yeah, no, it uh, that definitely changed because of COVID for sure, right? And then I think that's uh, unfortunately something that's here to stay. And also too, I think a lot of people have been turned off the fact of well traveling, like especially if you're thinking of taking Air Canada. By the way, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. That's not a good idea. So, anyways, but uh, and so that's making people have to do vacations here at home in the province somewhere. That means camping. Yeah. Well, uh, the biggest plan was to go to um, a place called Joffrey Lakes, which is just north of Pemberton. And um, we, we, we get about, I'd say, halfway, and we started looking at it a little more detail, and it said um, – it said if you haven't got a, a camping pass or you don't have a day pass, uh, you're not coming in. And uh, I'm like, you're not coming in to like the lake? Like you're just not coming into the lake. I'm like, come on, there's no way. They can't just stop you from seeing a lake. Like, what the hell? You just walk, walk in, walk out. Like, I, I don't have to stay there, but. You know, they can't do that. Well, yeah, they can do that, I guess. Uh, so, so we get there and there's park rangers and they're turning people away in droves and droves. And 
Uh, I just said, no, we, we've driven this far. We're getting in. We're seeing this lake. So we had to do a boonie bashing through the woods, not through the actual entrance. We had to go through <laughs> a bunch of, a bunch of, uh, you know, not the greatest trails and then uh, made it there, got ourselves to the lake, took some nice pictures, had a nice uh, chill out time for a bit, but Man, I was like walking back thinking, uh, somebody's gonna stop us and they're gonna be like, uh, oh, do you have a pass? Uh, are you allowed to be here? Nope. Okay, you're arrested, you're going to jail, you're sitting in jail. You're like, <laughs> look at the guy, what are you here for? He's like, uh, murder. You're like, oh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I wanted to see a lake and they, <laughs> and they arrested me and took me away. Uh, like, I was just, it's just ridiculous. One of the most stupidest things I've ever heard. That they just uh, cut you off and say, no, you can't even come see this lake unless you have a pass already. Well, so I guess they were doing that because they were assuming anybody that wanted to see the lake wanted to stay at the lake overnight, right? No, like that that no, was clearly no, their assumption. No, that's not it. It actually no? is. It actually was two and a half to three hours hike to just go to the campground. We oh. were just, we were just <laughs> like, we were just. At the regular day lot that you go and see the lake, walk around the lake. But to get to the campground, it was two and a half, three hour hike. So <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't part of that at all. It was so weird. It was okay. very, very strange. I, I would have assumed that. That's what I was assuming. I yeah. thought that the campground was like necessarily close to the lake. So that's why you couldn't see the lake because the campground is right beside the lake. No, but no. now that I know that the campground was three kilometers, three clicks that away. I don't understand then. That I don't get. <laughs> yeah, that was a shock. Uh, I, I just haven't hadn't heard that. And the other thing was we wanted to see um wanted to see loggers days, uh squamish loggers days. And uh, we heard on the radio they kept promoting it, promoting it on the mountain FM. And it said um you can get tickets online or you can get them at the at the door. So we checked online and we were having some troubles online just syncing it up and getting getting the tickets and so we're like okay well it said at the door well we got to the door and they looked at us and they were like no you don't look redneck enough you're not coming in <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah you don't have you don't have tickets no you don't no that's it sorry turn back around and go back where you came from and we couldn't even go there it was like so I was I was actually pretty choked uh, for for that. I was like, "You're kidding me, right? You're kidding me that you're not allowing us to buy a ticket and come into this." Yeah, that's that's amazing. That's amazing. Like that. First off, that number one, you weren't allowed to buy a ticket, and then if you had no said ticket, because I would have assumed, like you you assume, yeah, just buy a ticket there and then go in. And it's gonna be great. No, no, no apparently it's not great. It's not great at all. <laughs> yeah, so luckily we were able to uh, shift. They had a um, they had a music festival, a small festival in the downtown core of Squamish. So we were able to, to go and see that uh, really good cover band that was playing a lot of really great music. And they had vendors and things set up there. We ended up having a really great uh, lunch and and um yeah it turned out really good in the end but uh you know just uh, the whole mindset we had driven all the way down from pemberton to uh 
to Squamish uh, to go check that out, and uh, they said, <laughs> you, ain't, you ain't getting in here, buddy. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. So, yeah, so um, I recommend if anybody's uh, going to anything in the rest of the summer, uh, look ahead, get some reservations, and and uh, you won't have to go going through some uh, horrible trail uh, in the woods, and you won't have to, I don't know, I was like contemplating. Can I jump a fence here? Like, can I actually, <laughs> you know? And, well, man, it was just, uh, yeah, it was very frustrating. Yeah, I, I could imagine. I can imagine. I can imagine for you, since you, you know, you're very much in tune with nature and me. I know it will kill me one day, so I just stay away from it. <laughs> that's that. That's that's what protects me. That's my thing, right? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I can understand that. You know. Well, at least now going forward, you know this, that you will need to buy tickets or mm. or purchase things before you even come go close to said sites to see or anything else like that. that yeah. You yeah. Need to do. Learned a lesson, that's for sure. Yeah, learned a lesson. Mm. Uh had some had some really great news though. Uh news that actually kind of shocked me. Um just as we're about to leave the city. Uh, realized I was really low on gas. Better fill up here before I take the trip up. Uh, filled up reasonable price. I think it was lower than it had been during the weeks because there was a lot of people uh, that had pulled in around that the, the chaos around the gas station trying to get a pump, get some gas. Uh, drove up there. This is the first time I think in my life gas was cheaper in the lower mainland than it was somewhere else that I drove to. Uh, it was more expensive all the way up. Squamish, Whistler, Pemberton, uh, every station on the Sea to Sky Highway all the way through everywhere we went was about seven cents uh, more expensive than what we bought in the lower mainland. And when I came back, uh, it, it's still it's still down and uh, cheaper than it was uh, up there. Kind of crazy. Yeah, that's unexpected because that's usually that's never the case. Never. But yeah, that's never the case. It's never the case. <laughs> I don't think it's ever been. I don't think. Yeah. I think we always have the most expensive gas. So uh, yeah. I, I don't know what's going on. That was that was a shock. I, I was happy, saved myself some money, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why it's so pricey there. Maybe it's just um, costing them so much to get the gas, and uh, they have to charge more. Yeah. So yeah, maybe it's like like the transportation costs and. And then plus on top of that, there's the population density isn't there. So they're not the priority, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. 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 Could be. Uh, I, I guess uh, last thing I wanted to mention before we get into talking about sports was um, we were talking about uh, pets and I was saying how uh, we had some, had some very, um, some pets that just uh, didn't seem to be able to keep their lunch down uh, for the last little while. And, and uh, I heard that actually there's quite a few pets that cannot puke. They cannot physically, they were unable to puke. And so I started looking at possibly swapping these pets. And uh, maybe maybe we can have a bunch of different pets that I uh, don't have to worry about puking. They can just sit in the corner and do their thing. And uh, yeah, no, uh, no worries about having to clean up some uh, throw up from the dog or a cat. It's unfortunate that you're not actually able to do that because I think your girlfriend would have like something to say about that when you try to trade in her pets that she's had for all her life. 
for new pets. <laughs> right. It's just, it's just a guess. I, you know, yeah. she might have. Yeah. Okay. True. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah. I kind of forgot about that part of it. Yeah. 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 But uh, I was quite surprised and happy that uh, there are a bunch of animals that never can puke. So um, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see uh, how how far I get with the the swap, and we'll I'll uh, I'll update you in the next coming weeks. I, you know what's better? Future considerations. These are your future. These are future draft picks for you. In the future, I love you know, it. Like, like it's like, yeah, he's like, I already got this one guy signed. You know, I just gotta wait for him to get to the draft, or one of your pets die, and then uh, we're gonna get him. We're gonna yeah. Get this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Trades with future considerations. I always, I always thought it was probably pretty lousy for the guy going the other way, but uh, wondering uh, what are they gonna end up getting for me eventually, but. Uh, <laughs> I love I love trades with future considerations because it's kind of funny and wild that they don't have to tell you for a while. You know, well, like, oh, that's, that's what we decide a few uh, months, years from now. Yeah, just a, just a couple of years. And hopefully you get what you, you wanted, hopefully. But it could be done. It could be that one breed where it's like, no, that's actually close to the breed you wanted, but you actually got this one. He pukes a lot. Yeah, holy cow. Well, um, lots of great sports to talk about. Uh, another great weekend. Uh, I, you know, I talked about the dog days, cat days of uh, summer the last couple of weeks, but uh, things are spicing up. Uh, lots, lots of good, fun things to talk about. Uh, but um, you texted me the sad news yesterday that uh, the legend Bill Russell passed away this weekend. Um, I hate starting podcasts off with tough news, but. Um, you know, he lived to a really ripe old age of 88 years old. Uh, in those 88 years, um, few human beings have been able to accomplish as much. Uh, they kind of just broke the mold when they made this guy. Uh, you, you look at it, his accomplishments, uh, the outpouring of support and accolades and just uh, incredible man. Uh, one of the greatest human beings to ever walk the face of the earth and uh, sad, sad for his friends, sad for his family, but uh, we're so blessed that uh, he graced us with his presence, was able to come uh, get famous for being an incredible basketball player, but but really, really just do so much more outside the court, off the court, all his social activism and the things that he did to further Black Lives Matter and all the causes that he's been involved in in his whole life. Um, what an incredible man. What an incredible man. And, and it's funny because of just how great of a basketball player he was. I, I and I and I look at that, but the thing I, I kind of remember Bill Russell even more for than the basketball accolades, which there are a ton of, yeah. is his civil rights uh, activism. Yeah. You know, like him being literally a pioneer. Him being there for, I want to say, I think it was this uh 1963, where Martin Luther King had the I Had a Dream speech. Amazing. That man was there. Incredible. He was there. Wow. You know Amazing. what I mean? Like, yeah. that. these are things that sometimes people forget. It's like, oh, my goodness, he actually did that. He mm. was literally the first black head coach in the NBA. Yeah. He, there's, a, there's a couple firsts associated with this man's name. And then that's why, that's, that's why he just has nothing but greatness. He, he lived for himself. He refused to be less than to anybody else. 
and he stood up for his convictions. He, he made all of us better. At the yeah. end of the day, he made all of us better. Yeah, he sure did. Um, yeah, his accomplishments on the court were just you know legendary. Just uh, to be able to uh, join the Celtics uh, in his 13-year career, the Celtics didn't make the final only one season. They uh, made the finals 11, uh, 12 out of the 13 seasons that he was in the NBA. Uh, they only they lost one time in the final. 11 titles. He had eight in a row, uh, 11 rings, more rings than he has fingers. It's incredible. Uh, Five-time MVP, 12-time All-Star, four-time rebounding champion. Um, He lived in the era of Wilt Chamberlain, too, who has, you know, massive, massive amounts of scoring records, but he just knew how to win. He just knew how to play as a team a uh, great teammate and be able to elevate the rest of his team around him to win and win and win again. Uh, imagine this being a Boston fan when he joined that team and to be able to have the success they had uh, just, just absolutely incredible. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Like he, the reason why they won all those was because of Bill Russell. You don't have Bill Russell. You don't have them championships period. Mm-hmm. And and nobody's going to tell me otherwise. He's also the first NBA player to average 20 rebounds per game in the 57-58 season. First NBA player to have 50 rebounds in a game. Wow. I actually don't know how you can do that. Wow. 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 50 in a game. Oh, my God. Yeah, 50 rebounds, my friend. Absolutely amazing. Every time I I, saw his stats and the the numbers – uh, and just what he was able to bring uh, to them. Uh, also to be able to be the coach and win two more titles at the end of his career. The last two years, he was the head coach. After Red Auerbach moved on, uh, he was the head coach and the top player and was able to get the two more titles uh, to make it 11. Yeah, exactly. And and as a head coach, he went 162 and 83. Oh, by the way, he was one of the first uh, black coaches, I think, to be inducted into the NBA Hall of Fame. Yeah. Just as like he was the first black player to be yeah. inducted in the NBA Hall of Fame. Yeah. Like, again, when I say there's a lot of firsts behind this man's name, there is. Yeah. I love seeing the pictures with him and Muhammad Ali and him and and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar oh. and, and seeing uh, him, him and, Jim, and Jim Brown, the four of them getting together. Uh, with the social activism that they were doing. Uh, it, it's it's crazy that um, he had to face so much racism. Uh, I heard about the game where they went to Kentucky to play a, an exhibition game. Um, they wouldn't allow him to eat with his teammates at a restaurant. And he said, you know what? If you're not allowing that, I'm not going to play in front of you. Forget this. And uh, he just refused to take the court that night um you know an amazing move uh a lot of uh a lot of his social activism was to the detriment of him in a lot of ways so he sacrificed uh his popularity to further the cause and uh that's very admirable obviously oh yeah no it's it's he he did things for the the right reasons and that was that was one of them and they, and people had to realize it's like, would you rather serve me 
so I could eat with my my teammates, or would you rather me not play the game and lose? Yeah. <laughs> hey, guess what? We'd rather you just play the game. <laughs> that was actually the answer. Yeah. We'd rather win the game. Yeah. We'd rather that, you know? So I, I love the fact that he was able to leverage himself to make change. And he did it time and time again. I, I believe there was one newspaper about that certain incident that you're talking about. He said, I'd rather give up basketball than give up my rights. Yeah. Good for him. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I love the moment that he got the presidential medal of freedom. Um, Barack Obama putting that around his neck. I, I thought that was just a very historic moment in, in the U S history. It was just phenomenal to see uh, just, um, I saw a video of him talking with Kobe Bryant and um, he said to Kobe, you know, I I kind of feel like I love you just as much as I would my own son. And uh, you could just tell that it just hit Kobe in the heart, just immediately just grabbed his chest and patted his heart a couple of times. You couldn't believe he was hearing such an amazing, uh, amazing words and amazing tribute from a guy that everyone looked up to. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Um, he was the godfather in a lot of ways. Like he, he, he was, he paved the way he paved the way so that, you know, when all of the other stuff just happened recently with George Floyd, the black lives matter movement and stuff, that guy was there in the beginning. Yeah. He was there first up front. And he's been there all the time. Maybe he's been still somewhat in the background in his later years, but he's still there. Yeah. Still, still giving it all he had. You know. So, yeah, it, it, the man is amazing. I, I just want to share some words. This, these are words that were um, said by Jalen Brown um, in honor of Bill Russell. Uh, because of you, it's okay to be an activist and an athlete. Because of you, kids that look like you believe that they can win. Because of you, there is a standard for being a human being and being an athlete. Because of you, it's okay to be more than just a basketball player. And it's because of you, I'm proud to be a Celtic. Like that encapsulate, encapsulates what Bill Russell means to so many players and people in the NBA. What whatever whatever you may do for the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing words. I, I couldn't believe all the great words I saw from so many basketball players and so many other people uh, around the world. It was it was uh, outpouring of, of just absolute joy and, and just, you know, tributes to this man. Um, I, I was so happy when the NBA decided to name the uh, uh, finals MVP trophy after him and he would be on the stage presenting it to the winner every year. I thought that was so cool. Uh, I thought just, wow, how, how much of an honor that would be to, uh, you know, have it, have it handed off from, from a guy that's uh, won 11 of them, five MVPs himself. And, and I, that was incredible. And, and that 75, uh, 75th anniversary team, you and I talked at great length about it um, when they had the tribute during the all-star game and all-star weekend uh i was so happy to see uh him there you know we had i had heard that uh, you know his, his health was a bit failing but i didn't know it was um you know to the point where you know we were going to see lose him this year but um but yeah the, the, those two moments stand out very 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 uh front of mind for me uh just uh seeing him every year 
handing that trophy over and then seeing him be, you know, one of the guys that was there right in the middle of that 75th anniversary team. Yeah, it it was it was cool. It was cool to see that. Um, I remember there like there there was another clip there where I it might have not been from the 75th, but I just remember there's this clip on Instagram where Michael Magic Johnson's with Bill Russell and he's talking about how great the man is. And then uh, <laughs> Bill Russell starts teasing Magic by saying, Oh no, you you got a lot of rings, but I think me and and then Larry Bird's beside the butt. I think me and Larry beat you. And like, <laughs> I, I, like, you know, like if it's a rivalry, I think we crushed you. <laughs> Love it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, I'm paraphrasing now. I'm paraphrasing, but it was something to that nature. And it was yeah. just, it was, it's, it's fantastic to see how much respect he's garnered from all of the Hall of Famers, all of the great players that have ever raced the game of basketball, because like he's an icon. He's a he's a social justice icon. He's an NBA icon, um, and and I gotta say he's just he 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 was a trailblazer. He paved the way for all of us, so that now that our voices, whether you be black, white, Asian, whatever, uh, East Indian, our voices resonate now, and they resonate louder because of what he started. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, well said. Yeah, he. Uh... Incredible man. Uh, and we're just yeah so fortunate that uh, he he was able to get famous uh, playing the game we love. You and I love uh, hoops. And and then, uh, yeah, just after his playing career, just all the incredible things that he did to, you know, further people's lives and and help help people. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, I, I, I w- hope um, that the Celtics do something to honor him. They already have, uh, you know, uh, retired his number. They have a statue in Boston already. Uh, many, many things that they've done. But um, the statue isn't at the Garden. Uh, so maybe they can put a statue at the Garden as well. Uh, there is a statue downtown in the main square. Um, I hope they put like an armband. Uh, maybe put six number six somewhere on the jersey. Uh, I hope they do some tributes to him right at the beginning of the season, uh, just just to make sure um, that they're honoring his family and his friends, and and just uh, reiterating how important he was to the Celtics and the NBA as a whole. I'm sure they're going to be doing all of that, and I can't take credit for this thought, but I thought it was. This would ultimately do him justice. This would do him what he absolutely deserves. Um, it came from the columnist Bob Ryan. Uh, I believe I saw him on the Rich Eisen show, and he mentions what should be a no-brainer, especially when he said it. I go, yeah, that is a no-brainer. The NBA should pr- permanently retire his number six number so that no team anywhere could ever wear wow. that number. Wow. They do exactly what they did for Jackie Robinson. Yeah. That's exactly what they should because that's – that's how you honor that man. That's cool. how you honor. Yeah. Yeah, they said uh, he carried Jackie Robinson's um, body. Uh, he was, was a pallbearer, and uh, they, they, weren't, um, uh, they weren't friends. They hadn't uh, spent a lot of time together, but Jackie Robinson's widow called him and asked him to be a pallbearer because she said that uh, he was Jackie's favorite athlete, and he would, he would be super honored to have him. Uh, in that procession so that was incredible too and yeah yeah I mean 
we could just go on and on and on for you know days upon days and weeks uh, about this man. Um, thank you so much for letting me know yesterday. I was sort of, you know, when you go camping, you're sort of tuned out. You're not really watching the world of sports much. Uh, I had watched the UFC. We up in Whistler, um, we had been there, but uh, there was no mention until, yeah, I guess, um, I don't know exactly, uh, you know, when it happened, but uh, um, yeah, thanks for letting me know. And then, uh, yeah, I started I started watching everything that I possibly could to just see the, the, the tributes pouring. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I, I did. And like, you know, like I got notified off of Instagram, I think that's how I found out right away. And I was just like, Oh man. And then, but once it did happen, I just, I started watching like a lot of YouTube on him and, and just remembering or learning new information that I had no idea that he did. Mm-hmm. And he was very much, he, he kept to himself. He was quiet about it. He wasn't over the top about all of his stuff that he was doing because he didn't need to be that because he was never that guy. No, exactly. He wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think we're going to start talking about the UFC. Uh, We we actually have NFL this week. Uh, The first preseason game is this Thursday. Can you believe that? Uh, The Hall of Fame Classic this Thursday. Uh, That's insane. Um, That's your crept up on me did it creep up on you yes it did yes it did but i I do want to share this with you um when uh training camp started you know how some of the guys usually dress up for training camp Mm -hmm. one man in particular that came in probably with the um the best costume that i've ever seen okay and it was aaron Rodgers. he was emulating a certain actor right uh, but uh but i believe his the name in the movie went by Cameron Poe, Conair. Right, yeah, I saw that. that was so hilarious, wasn't it? Yeah, so awesome, Amazing. so awesome. He <laughs> nailed it too, my friend. Nailed it. I yeah, looked at looked, him. You look good. I was like, he oh, looked man. great going in there, didn't he? That was that was super funny. Yeah, he had slick back hair, white tank top, uh, my shirt on. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, that was hilarious, and uh, yeah, he's. It's good that he's got a sense of humor. Uh, you know, there's a lot of been a lot of criticism in, oh, about him over the last few years, but but he definitely, uh, yeah, started off training camp well. And as he should, he just got paid. Yeah, I'd be happy too. I'm like, Oof, everything's good in my life, <laughs> real good. <laughs> That's exactly. why I'm from Con Air right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, Thursday night. Um, the Raiders are the home team. They're hosting the Jags. Uh, hopefully the Jags are better than last year. Uh, yeah. I'm sure the Raiders will be better because Devontae Adams is there now, and uh, they seem a lot healthier than they, they were last year. Uh, but uh, Thursday night, uh, first preseason game. And then we've got another week till the second set of preseason games. There's a couple on Thursday, a few Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday. Um, and but the only other NFL note I wanted to mention right off the top was um, the Sean Watson six game suspension today. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And uh, Kyler Murray and Pete Carroll both tested positive for COVID today, so they are out uh, for the next five days. Uh, the only thing mentioned to, to mention about that also is Pete Carroll's the oldest head coach in the NFL still. And that's a little concerning. COVID's not 
great for the elderly. I don't know if he's considered elderly. Would you call him that? He seems seems a lot younger than his age. But uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, prayers to both guys that they recover real quick. Um, um, I yes, prayers that they both recover very quickly. I'm sure they will. I'm sure it's going to be great, and I'm sure Pete Carroll. Seahawks are going to make sure that they're going to take very good care of that guy. Yeah. Very good care. That's yeah. the best. Yeah. Yeah. He'll get amazing, amazing care for sure. So, uh, okay. Well, why don't we turn to UFC 277? It was held in uh, American Airlines Arenas, Arena in Dallas, Texas. Um, we had uh, two belts on the line one interim belt and one women's bantamweight belt. Uh, up for grabs again after uh, the fight between Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes last year that was just one of the biggest upsets in UFC history when Juliana Pena ended up uh, forcing Amanda Nunes to tap and uh, wrestling the belt away from her. Uh, they had the rematch, and uh, this one was completely the other way. Uh, Amanda Nunes showed us uh, that she... Still is the greatest of all time and uh, dominated this uh, this fight. And it was, um, yeah, it was just uh, back to how we've seen Amanda throughout most of her career, uh, especially in those title fight uh, victories she's had. Uh, it was, um, yeah, it was really a one-sided fight, uh, this one. It was. It was. Uh it, about this, clearly Nunez had the advantage in the stand-up. Like it was, it was pretty clear as day because not only did she knock her down once in the first, three times in the second, wobbled her in the third. Like it was like there was a pattern going on. Yeah, she definitely had the strength advantage. Yeah, but Pena had her moments in the fight, and also too, let's be honest here, Pena. She had the heart of a, she had the heart of a warrior. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Most yeah. women would okay. not be able to last five rounds taking that amount of punishment. Yeah. Period. Not yeah. going to happen. That's but true. at the same time, Pena <laughs> did give back. Nunez did not come out of that fight unscathed. No. Her face was beaten up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then she did, and I I want to say there was at one round where Pena did wobble Nunez for a brief brief second i wanted was that in the fourth or something like that uh, late yeah, was yeah, it was late. late. yeah. But, but also too in the fourth round she had the one moment where she could have won where she had the arm bar it was tight <clears throat> true yeah yeah and it was close but yeah. nunez managed to do the step over and managed to relieve the pressure but it was close man yeah. That was her moment to win that fight, and it just slipped through her fingers. She was really close to winning it right there. Yeah, well, she was starting to um, realize that was probably her uh, only and, and best option, and she she was uh, going for that armbar on, on a bunch of occasions, but yes. um, but Nunez, um, yeah, defended it well. Um, I was I was amazed. Uh, I haven't seen Amanda Nunez uh, fight Southpaw. She changed her stance. I don't know if um, she was able to keep that uh, quiet from the Pena camp, uh, but that was a complete change, and I hadn't seen her fight that way before. Also, the takedowns. Once she uh, you know, she was dominating on the feet, and she has dominated most of the women, 
that she's ever fought on the feet by far. You thought, okay, well, she's going to keep this up. And then she started taking her down and taking her down and dominating her down on the ground too. So um, great game plan. I was wondering what we would see after she's left American top team, started her own camp, started, has her own gym now, uh, doesn't have those same coaches telling her the strengths and her weaknesses and the things that, uh, you know, will best suit her to win. Uh, I kind of wondered what type of a manager we'd see, but um, impressive from round one to round five and uh, a very, very championship like performance. And, and just, yeah, it will probably fade that memory of her uh, from last fight uh, in my mind. And I wasn't sure it ever would, cause I was really upset and I, I didn't see a champion fight that last time, but this time uh, she deserves to be a champion. Oh yeah. No, she, she fought like a champion. She dominated like a champion. She she showed us um, the Amanda Nunes from before. I guess that one fight was, quote unquote, the anomaly. Yeah, let's call it the anomaly. Yeah, all right. Yeah. And and she did say that there was a bunch of problems with that previous fight camp that were clearly ironed out for this fight camp because she looked fantastic. She sure did. Yeah. Uh, as you said, Juliana Pena, uh, tough, tough, tough. One of the toughest women. Walking the face of the earth, uh, you know, 99.9% of uh, people in that fight, women in that fight uh, would have been done at many times in that fight. Uh, she ended up having to go and have some surgery over the weekend, uh, some plastic surgery to repair some of the damage to her face. Um, Dana White, uh, not so eloquently, said she had chunks of her face missing <laughs> that... Uh, she had to get reattached or uh, I don't know what they're going to do to it, but uh, yeah, she had to undergo surgery. Um, it's going to be, I think it's going to take a while to recover. So I don't know if there's an immediate trilogy fight. I'm not sure about this. Uh, we'll see, but um, automatically some talk right away of Valentina Shevchenko uh, being uh, an opponent now of Nunes. Nunes has a, uh, two belts again and um i don't know what the future holds but uh what are your thoughts well maybe she'll actually get an opponent for that other belt that she never has to fight anybody for <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll just throw that in there just to keep her busy <laughs> <laughs> about, that's all i can think of because no. literally like there's you know there's nobody else that's gonna threaten her in her division there's there's nobody like, she's, yeah crazy she's huh? it out. so Cleaned him up. i don't know you know what what she should do is go away with her family, go on a vacation, figure it out in a couple of months. Because as far as I'm concerned, there's no real hurry, real need or hurry for her to rush back because who are you gonna who's gonna fight? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, well, why don't we uh shift to the co-main event? Uh a great battle between two very incredible fighters. Um, love both these guys. Uh they both brought uh, incredible work ethic to this fight. Um, love this the, the story about both their lives and to get into this uh, this battle. And um, this was a hell of a great fight. Uh, really, really evenly matched until uh, Brandon Moreno um, landed a shot that uh, Kai was not able to take and uh, dropped him down, uh, ground and pound, and, and finished him off. Um, Brandon Moreno, the champion again. 
Uh, looks like uh, Davison Figueredo for a, another time. Uh, they had him even come into the cage and uh, have some conversation. But uh, what did you think of this fight? Uh, it was great uh, while it lasted, that's for sure. Uh, fantastic fight uh, by two fantastic competitors. Uh, Kai Carr, France, you could tell from the get, from the jump of that, that particular fight, really wanted to win that fight. Yeah. The guy was super motivated, super focused. He was mean mugging pretty much the entire time in that fight. It, he really wanted it. Yeah. And he fought like it. They yeah. both fought like it, man. But like, like like you said in the third, when Moreno landed that running roundhouse kick to the liver, I was like, I saw that kick and I was like, ooh, I don't know, man. I don't know if he's going to be able to take that. And then you saw kind of the delayed reaction. Then he crumpled and I'm like, it's over. It's done. Yeah. Because yeah. you know when you get hit with something like that, it just shuts you down, shuts off your body, and there's nothing you can do about it. It was a yeah, perfect yeah that liver shot. Uh, we've seen it too many times, you know, and it just it's funny because it is a delayed reaction uh, that lands. The guy go, winces for a second and then he goes to try to fight and then his body just goes crumple, shuts it down. Uh, what I've heard is that the liver's here. It gets hit. All the toxins get shot out of it. And then all of a sudden the body goes, oh, something's seriously wrong here. Time to shut down. We got to help you out. And boom, you're on the ground. You uh, you take a few uh, unnecessary shots. Still, the ref can jump in and pull you off. But uh, uh, it's um, yeah, it's tough, man. Uh, you know it, that that delay is kind of funny. But uh, yeah, we've seen it uh, dozens, if not hundreds, of times over the years watching fights. Yeah, yeah, man. And and if then the way that Moreno buried his shit into that liver. Oof. Yeah, man. He was, it was a perfect shot. And Kai Carr, France, as game as he was, was not going to get up. No. Yeah, you saw uh, Israel Adesanya and uh, Alexander Volkanovsky there cheering on their their teammate. And uh, they were both uh, really excited. Uh, Kai Carr, man, he's a tough kid. And he was, he was bringing it. And uh, there was moments for sure that you could see him winning this fight. But uh, Brandon Moreno is uh, a champion again. He's got the interim belt, and uh, we'll see. A lot of people have been saying that they don't see Davis and Figueroa ever making this weight again. Uh, we saw that um, uh, Charles Oliveira was stripped of his championship uh, because he couldn't make weight. Uh, I don't know. You know, they probably will still uh, schedule this fight, but. Um, I guess at some point we're going to find out if he can make this weight, but a lot of people think uh, he's done with this weight class. He will not be able to make this weight. He's had such hard time uh, the last three, four fights. And, and um, but yeah, we, we will see, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if he can make the weight. Um, but I'm, I'm super happy that Brandon Moreno once again has earned a shot at Davison because as far as I'm concerned, he's the, they're, 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 He's a worthy rival yeah. to uh, Davison. Yeah, Very yeah, I so. think they're so evenly matched. Uh, it's yeah. incredible, and yeah, they they put on epic fights um, already, and and um, yeah, I I would love to see them gain. I, I would pay to pay to watch that again, of course. And so I'm hoping that they do that sooner than later, and hopefully, Davison should start figuring out his diet now because yeah. he knows that fight is coming up. Better figure it out exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go down through the card a little bit. Um, the uh, Sergey Pavlovich, Derek, the Black Beast, Lewis, 
Uh, really disappointed end to this one. I thought it was stopped way too soon. Uh, I, I would have given the Beast uh, much more of an opportunity to continue with this one. Um, I think, um, yeah, it was just unfortunate that he was down, getting up, uh, but while he was down for momentary beat, I would say, um, boom, the fight was over. Uh, I wanted to see way more of this. Me too. Me too. I usually will err on the side of the ref, but for this particular fight, I thought it was a little quick. Like mm -hmm. I, I thought it was way too quick, to be honest with you. Yeah, he got rocked. Yeah, he's a heavyweight, though. Every, every, everybody gets rocked at heavyweight. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like, and Pavlich was, was putting it on him. I thought that the ref could have given him a little bit more time to see yeah. what he could that, That's it. Pavlovich uh, uh, came in uh, ranked number 11 and Lewis number 5. I don't think uh, Pavlovich deserves to suddenly jump up to number 5. Uh, I And I don't think Lewis deserves to drop that far down, but we'll see how the rankings uh, shake out tomorrow and, and see what happens here. I'm uh, not sure what's next for both of them. Uh, you know, you can't really say Lewis took too much damage, really. You know, he got rocked for sure, but yeah, as you say, uh, heavyweight uh, fights, almost all of the guys get rocked at some point. So, um, But Pavlovich, 15-1, uh, and one, um, you know, on a nine-fight winning streak and uh, really moving up the ranks, uh, you know, deserves a, a top-10 opponent for sure again, and and uh, we'll see what's next for them. Um, we talked about the Moreno-Kaikara-France fight. That was fight of the night. They both got 50K bonus for that. Um, the other 50k bonuses went out, and the one that uh, uh, collected it on the main card was Alexander Pantoja for the amazing submission win over Alex Perez, who's who's tough as nails. Uh, Pantoja gets 50k and uh, got the really slick submission win, just a minute and a half in. He went at him like a house on fire, or like he was on fire. It was almost like. I'm going to be late for my meeting, so I got to get this over with, like, right now. <laughs> he, he came on with, like, a ton of aggression. I was kind of surprised by just how aggressive he came out. Put it on Perez immediately, managed to get him to the ground, get his back, sink in the, the neck crank, and that thing was nasty. When he sunk in that neck crank, mm, I was like, he might not tap, but he should. Yeah, like going to snap his neck. <laughs> There's no way I was top from that, but uh, you know, hey, Perez, uh, you know, I, I'm not calling you a pussy, but uh, you know, <laughs> hey, come on, <laughs> you know, I'm only tapping if it's under my neck, not on the side of my face. Yeah, my face is hurting now, but come on, like, come on, come on. <laughs> you, you know, you know what? Here, here's the great thing. I know what Perez would answer to that. You go, I'll get Pantoja. He's just going to do the neck crank. <laughs> Hey, if you don't tap, that's good for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would. I'd be, uh, I'd be like crying over in the corner. <laughs> I'd be, I'd be like, oh yeah, I, I guess I would have tapped. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I'm sure it was painful and brutal, and uh, but yeah, uh, you like you are right, uh, Pantoja. Uh, I was surprised at how much of a favorite he was because. Perez is tough and uh, has has had a lot of really amazing battles, but Pantoja just um, came out and said, yeah, I'm not messing around here. I am attacking this guy. He just was swinging. The combination was like 
10, 12, 13, 15 punches just coming, <laughs> coming, 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 coming until he had the chance to trip him and take him down and then uh, take him down and, and you know, go for submission. Uh, amazing performance by Pantoja. And, and uh, yeah, number four against uh, number six. But, um, yeah, you know, look out. Uh, he, he could be knocking on the door for a, a title title shot um, anytime now. So uh, we'll see. Um, speaking of number four and number six, we the, the other fight we had to kick off the main card was number four against number five. Uh, a great battle in the light heavyweight division between Anthony Lionheart Smith, who's uh, one of the most experienced fighters in the UFC, has had amazing amount of time in, in the cage and the octagon uh, against a guy that's um, on another uh, meteoric rise, a Dagestani Magomed Ankulayev, uh, 18 and one now, um, got the big KO win after Anthony Smith said he broke his leg on the last kick he threw in the first round. Uh, he was definitely compromised on that leg in the second round. Uh, once he hit the canvas, Ankulayev took that advantage and just grounded pounded him until uh, the fight was stopped. But um, yeah, he. Uh, Unfortunately, Anthony Smith did suffer some type of injury. I've been told it wasn't a broken leg. They've uh, the X-ray came back negative, but something was really definitely wrong with that leg. Yeah, yeah, he was most certainly compromised. He... Sorry about that. He did. Yeah, that... <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. He yeah. did say that after the first round was done, that something was definitely not right when said leg. Um, because and, and they both did great in the first round. I thought it was very close after that yeah. first round, but once he came out in the second, you could see the immediacy of, of what he was trying to do because I think he knew in his head, I only got a certain amount of time to work before this becomes untenable and I can't fight anymore. Yeah, and, so, and with that, you know, like Lionheart is Lionheart, not many other fighters would just be able to just go, I don't know what's going on with my leg, but I still got to fight. You know, that's that's otherworldly toughness. But once Ankalev got him down on the ground, I don't think he he could even muster the strength to explode up anyways. No. So, yeah, once he got his back with the ground and pound, it was over. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. We've seen that the main event two weeks previous and um, another injury um, suffered and uh, an early ending to uh, a fight that um yeah i was super excited for both guys tough as nails and and um yeah i i, I was disappointed that uh, an injury happened there but uh it happens it's fighting um it happens all the time so uh ankaliyev uh look out uh he's he's on a rise uh, i could see that guy holding a belt one day i i can too he's he is he's good everywhere he's good everywhere like he he really doesn't have any weaknesses in his game which is what you need if you want to be the champion at some point in time. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, okay, why don't we switch to the prelims? Talk about some of the scraps there. Um, the featured prelim was uh Alex the Great White Morono against uh Matthew Semi the Jedi Semmelsberger. Um Alex Morono, you know, when he walks out, you think, huh, this guy doesn't look tough. This guy doesn't look mean. <laughs> This guy doesn't really look um, intimidating at all. And then you watch him fight, and it is awesome to see. He is so talented. He is so good at at fighting. Movement, 
accuracy. Uh, he is just one put together fighter, and he really, really beat up Salzberger, who's tough, 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 tough. Uh, great, great, great fight, but Morono, yeah, he just doesn't look the part at how good he actually really is. Yeah, he, he just looks like you're like your friendly neighborhood accountant. You know, like that that's what Alex Morono looks like to me. But yeah. you're in this fight though. Uh what really stood out to me was his footwork. Yeah. And, and like there's just like just the happy feet, in and out, attack, not get hit. And it, it didn't allow Semmelsberger time to load up on any punches because he was constantly moving. So yeah. he's always trying to have to hit a, a moving target. And so that and also too that tells me that Morono's uh his endurance and and like his stamina was at peak levels. Yeah. Super high. Like his cardio was in fantastic shape. For you to fight like that, your cardio has to be like that if you're constantly moving like that. Yeah, well, I don't know who gave him the nickname the Great White, but uh Great Whites are always famous for always moving, never stopping. They're just, you know, their whole life they're they're moving through the water looking for prey. And uh man, the the movement, uh just the accuracy, just and and he doesn't move crazy, he just moves just out of the way. He just be just has that footwork that he he knows the punch is coming and it's just gonna slide by, it's just gonna come mm-hmm. by, he's gonna move backwards, so it's gonna uh, come short. Uh just the movement. I, I don't know who I don't know if it's ingrained in him or he he you know has the, his coaches teaching him that, but um absolutely amazing. Uh great to see a guy uh in his home state get a huge win like that too. And uh, I was a little worried when Semmelsberger, I started closing so soon. Uh, they had to go in the third round, bring the, the doctor in and see if he could actually even see anything out of that eye. I'm glad he said he could. Uh, they, the, the, I think Joe Rogan and, and DC were both like, I think he might have just lied. He might have just, uh, you know, called out one finger. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> luckily, uh, he, he was still game and he wanted to fight. And uh, this was uh, this was to me this was fight of the night. I, I loved uh, the action in, in this one full, th- throughout the whole fifteen minutes. Yeah, it was great action. And on top of that, Snellsberger came back with yeah. a fury in the third. Hit Morono with a flying knee, dropped yeah. him. Oh. Yeah, that uh, that was awesome. There's a great foot, a shot of DC jumping up and <laughs> oh my god, I can't this. <laughs> because. He realized uh, once the the doctor came in and looked at that eye, he was like, "I better do something real spectacular, real Thank quick." You. And uh, he landed that flying knee, had Morono in trouble there for a few seconds, but uh, yeah, yeah, wasn't able to, to to take him out. He won that round, in my opinion, but wasn't yeah. able. To- yeah, I wasn't able to capitalize, unfortunately. But and he was already down by the two rounds already, so. He needed. He really needed to take him out and have a finish in the third, but unfortunately, he fell short. But Morono did win. It was a very impressive win. Very yeah. impressive. Yeah, it was uh, really incredible. Um, he, Morono was outstriking him two to one throughout the entire fight until that last round. Um, and uh, but yeah, Semmelsberger. I just I just have notes here. Just warrior, 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 warrior. I just wrote it down so many times as I was. <laughs> um showing it uh i would say that's a broken orbital bone uh no doubt uh for semmelsberger so could be a bit of a lengthy recovery uh that's always a tough one to 
to uh, endure, especially when it happens early and you get more and more and more shots to it. Because uh, once that bone breaks, now you're breaking it every time you're getting shots to it. And Morona wasn't uh, holding up on those shots. Uh, he was landing a lot of shots to that eye. Yeah, yeah. He, he was taking advantage of his uh, opponent being compromised. Yeah. And then that's what you're supposed to do. It's like, oh, I smell a little bit of blood in the water. I'm just going to keep hitting that injury. They're just going to keep hitting it. <laughs> yeah. <not> for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no, uh, yeah, there's no holding back for most of these guys once they see that. It's like a shark, a blood, seeing blood in the water. So there it was. There it was. Uh, okay, I mentioned the 50K on the main card. The other 50K for a performance bonus was given to Drew Dober in this incredible lightweight battle with uh, Javier Alves. Um, this was a, another really, really, really great fight. Super fun fight until Dober landed that uh, body shot that shut down Alves. Another one of those. It wasn't quite a liver shot. Somehow it would hit him in the rib, I guess, and just bah, took him down. But uh, it was another one of those delayed reactions to the floor and uh, fight was over. Yeah, and I think one of the analysts said, I think he, he might have hit one of his floating ribs. And then and that has can have the same effect as hitting like your liver, kidney, kidney shot, like where it just shuts you down. And that's obviously what happened to Alves. But I wanted to say that Dober's conditioning is second to none because as the fight went on, he got stronger, Alves got weaker because his, his cardio was just not up to the challenge because you could tell his volume was definitely declining when they hit the second round. Yeah. Well, certainly was declining. And, and unfortunately, Dober had an eye poke against Alves. He was able to recover somewhat. And so, because then after the restart, then they start, started chucking haymakers at each other again. Right? So, Jesus, yeah. That was crazy. <laughs> he took a shot that uh, I couldn't believe he was able to withstand it and just keep going. Yeah, exactly. Like, those guys, like, and Dober, especially with that chin that he has, hey, that guy's got a mythical chin. Yeah. <laughs> he does. A man can take a shot. I got a great picture of him and I at the Boston Pizza right outside the uh, arena there, outside of BC Place there. Um, they had a meet and greet and uh, got some pictures of uh, me and him and me and your Uri Faber. I actually uh, i am quite a bit taller than Faber and Dober. Uh, I was like, I feel a bit like a giant here. This is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a guy standing in in uh, front of me at, in the lineup. And he saw Uriah Faber and recognized him, knew him right away. And then he turns to me and goes, uh, Drew Dobert, should I know this guy? And I'm like, you should. Yeah, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with for years to come. Watch this guy. And uh, nine years in, uh, he's starting to enter his 10th year in the UFC. And and I think a lot of people don't uh, think of him as an um, upper echelon guy. And and I don't know why, because he is uh, he's an amazing talent. Oh, he's amazing talent. He's an amazing fighter. And it, he just has toughness. Like he when you're in a fight with Drew Dober, you know it's like it's not gonna be easy. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a tough fight. Yeah. He's a tough fight all the time. Yeah. All the time. They had a um they had some stats. Uh he's he's now tied for second most knockouts in UFC lightweight history. Dustin Poirier leads the way with eight. He's now tied with Edson Barboza and Melvin Gillard with seven each. And, um, yeah, I mean, 
uh, started to enter some very elite company there. Um, and uh, one of the, his cornermen uh, was kept yelling, left body shot, left body shot, left body shot. And uh, after the fight, he pointed out, Terrence Crawford, he called it. I heard him. I threw it. It landed. It, we ended it. And uh, it was nice to be able to give that shout out to his cornerman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was that was awesome. That was awesome that 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 happened. And then also, too, very cool to see that Terrence Crawford was in the crowd, but he was sitting beside somebody else. Was it? Was it Mike Tyson? Yes. Yes, that's right. Like that was so. It was. I was I was impressed by that because yeah. I've seen Mike Tyson there before at the UFC, but I can't remember ever seeing Terrence Crawford there. Before. No, that's that was and, was like, you, you can argue that he's pound for pound best boxer in the world. So I thought that was actually super cool. Very cool. 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 Yeah, I don't know why in Dallas uh, those guys were there, um, but uh, yeah, they got the money. I guess uh, just jump on a flight and head there. Uh, but yeah, that was really cool. I I, I love seeing both those guys uh, always. Soon as soon as you see Tyson, you're just like, ah, wow, nice. holy cow, this is great. But Terrence Crawford there too, and and to be able to call out the shot, Dober hearing it, landing it, ending it, uh, it was yeah. neat. Uh, really, quite the moment for me. Um, Bruce Buffer had a tiny little bit of a night off. He called the wrong referee on uh, at least two fights. I think maybe even three. Um, he called the wrong name of the referee. And uh, Dan Mergliato, when he stepped into the cage near the end, uh, he looked over at Buffer to make sure he was going to call his name <laughs> for real because he called Mike, Dan Mergliato and it was Mike Beltran was in the cage. And, and everyone looked at each other like, uh, what's going on here? And then when he called Dan and uh, he got it right, then he looked over and I'm like, hey, you finally got it right there. And, uh, never seen uh, him make uh, mistakes like that. Uh, somebody must have handed him the wrong thing or maybe somehow the order got mixed up for the refs, but it was weird. You know what? It's classic anchorman stuff where he's just reading off the teleprompter and he's just like, Oh, well, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have looked at the guy. <laughs> yeah, should have taken off the stock bag. Yeah. Cause you know, uh, we all know what they look like. Uh, he knows them all, but yeah, it, was, uh, it was quite the funny moment for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you might you might change things. You might tweak things a little bit for next time, so he doesn't make the same mistake. You might actually lock eyes with the ref and be like, "Okay, I'm sure I, I know who I'm calling." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that was amazing. Uh, let's talk about this heavyweight battle: uh, Dontail Mays against uh, Handy Hamdi Abdel Wahab, uh, USC debut for the Egyptian Hamdi. Um, Love this guy. He was uh, in the Olympics in 2016 for uh, Egypt uh, in Greco-Roman wrestling. Uh, decided uh, not too long ago, uh, stepped in 5-0, uh, and oh, uh, not too long ago to get into MMA. Uh, stepped into this cage at 5-0. and oh, But, um, man, I, I was cheering for this kid. Uh, I wouldn't say kid, but cheering for this guy. And uh, he came in, and what a debut. I was very, very, very impressed. Uh, he got rocked, uh, you know, a few times and was in trouble at, at times through the fight. But um, this guy is tough as nails, and uh, I love I loved this uh, fight. And good for him, uh, the first and only Egyptian ever to fight in the UFC. It was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, he, he, he looked great. He looked fantastic. 
And also, too, his stand-up was good because he he hurt Mays in the first. Yeah. And almost, like, had, had him out of there. Out of like, trouble like, big time. Oh, yeah, yeah in trouble big time. I'm like, oh, this is this could be a, a quick fight. But unfortunately, the fight stalled. Mays managed to get his, his win back and his senses back, and the fight continued. But I was... I was impressed after that first round of watching him fight. Like, as I, I was just like, wow, that, okay. So this guy's got something. And, and then the fight was just fantastic after that. It was awesome. Yeah. But where Abdelweb obviously won the fight was off his superior slick wrestling. Yeah. His yeah. wrestling was that, that's what turned the tide of the fight. And it, he's good. Yeah. Very good wrestler. I have a feeling he could go far. Uh, he he looks great. Uh, you know his wrestling is uh, you know obviously Olympic class and being able to uh, also have great stand up. Um, Mays made a mistake there. He went for takedown, ended up on his back, and uh, definitely uh, you know got compromised in that round when he was on his back. Um, but for tw- uh, for. Hamdi to only have 12 days to prepare for his UFC debut and come in, uh, you know, big guy, but he looked uh, slick on his feet and uh, was able, you know, he got, he definitely got a bit tired as the mm-hmm. fight went on, but uh, yeah, amazing, uh, amazing performance. And I, I love seeing guys come in first guy ever for the country. And I think imagine the pressure on a guy. He wants to show that, uh, MMA is good in their country and he wants to help, you know, bring the sport into the mainstream, try to get a lot more young guys into it. Uh, the pressure has got to be immense for these guys, but uh, great to see him get that win. And uh, maybe we'll see in the next three to five years, a few Egyptians uh, coming along. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it's going to be like, but great to see a guy uh, as a pioneer trailblazer like that. Yeah, well, somebody's always got to be the first to open that door. And uh, for uh, Mr. Abdelweb, he's the first. And so he should be proud of that. And he should be proud of the fact that he represented his country well, won the fight. And hopefully he can continue successfully on his career as as time goes on. And I believe he will, especially with that wrestling. That wrestling is no joke. No joke. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. And the fight that kicked off the prelims uh, was Dracar Close. And Hafa Garcia, um, close gets uh, the decision there, and he calls out Tony Ferguson uh, yeah. as his next opponent. Uh, we'll see what where that goes, but um, this was uh, two super tough guys going at it. Uh, I think Dracar said it was the toughest guy he's ever fought, and uh, it was a razor thin uh, fight for me. Um, I think it was the right decision, but. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, really good fight to kick off the card on the prelim. Oh, oh, great, great fight. Great fight. Um, as uh, Drakkar said, I always think of Drakkar Noir. I have no idea whenever I this guy's name. But anyways, as Drakkar said, the fight was super close. Garcia was plenty game. But I thought the difference for close to get this fight and win the fight was that he was kept being in uh, Garcia's face. Constant pressure. Yeah. Beginning of the first to the end of the third, he was there constantly on him, and I and I think that's the pressure was what got him the win. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, his his pressure is just uh, second to none, and uh, yeah, just kept backing him up, and 
landed a few takedowns and uh, yeah, it was, was uh, great. A really, really good fight for, for both guys, but Jakar was a little bit better on the night and, and uh, I, yeah, I was impressed. Um, lots of early prelims. Uh, did not see them myself. Uh, anything that you saw that you'd like to mention? Uh, I did not see them as well. Um, I, I thought I, I, I was going to get there to my buddy's place earlier to see some of the prelims, but unfortunately he couldn't get, he couldn't get them on his team. So I, I missed. Yeah. The early prelims were, um, were just being shown on fight pass. They weren't being shown uh, anywhere, but that. So, uh, we didn't get a chance to see them as well, but, uh, yeah, uh, still uh, four four fights uh, on that early prelims. Um, looks like some good performances, but uh, nothing to comment on. Why don't we shift to next week? We've got a, a a really great main event in the light heavyweight division between Thiago Santos and Jamal Hill. Um, Santos, we always you know think of him with that huge hammer on his chest. Uh, one of the toughest guys in the world. Uh, fighting a you know prospect up and comer uh, ten and one Jamal Hill coming in. Uh, what do you think we're going to see in this one? Well, physically, if you look at these two these two fighters, you'd be like, I picked the guy with the sledgehammer on his chest. That's it. <laughs> yeah. the guy with the sledgehammer on his chest. But Jamal Hill is slick, and and like you said, he's an up and comer. He's only lost one fight, and uh, he, he's got all the talent in the world. Stylistically, this is the most interesting fight I can remember in a long time. Yeah. Um, I, 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 yeah. I, I, so opposite. To... The guys are so opposite, aren't yeah. they? It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So opposite. So opposite in the way that they approach the game. So opposite in the way that they strike and throw strikes. Yeah. My, 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 I, I naturally want to go with Santos, but Hill could pull it off too. Like, yeah. I, I don't, yeah. I, I'm curious to see how this one ends because. I really don't know because he'll, as far as I'm concerned, he, he's a wild card in this yeah. fight. Wild card. Very, very much so. Uh, Cole Main has uh, Vincente Luque against Jeff Neal. Um, Luque, uh, love watching him fight. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think he's a better one in this one, but uh, yeah, I think it should be still a great battle. This will be a great battle, possibly could be fight of the night. Um, I'm kind of with you on that with Vincente, but Jeff Neal is no, he's an upper echelon fighter. It's going to be a tough fight. It's going to be a great fight. I think that fight definitely goes to decision. Yeah. 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 You're right. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, prelims. We got uh, T-Rex, Terrence McKinney against fighting Eric Gonzalez. I think that has the a chance to be the fight of the night. Uh, Sam Alvey back. Uh, really surprised. I thought he was, Finished in the UFC, he's had a, a really bad stretch in the last little while. They're giving him uh, this fight. Um, if he loses, I don't see him having a having a career anymore in the UFC, but uh, maybe they're giving him one last opportunity to uh, get a win and continue his career. Yeah, I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. I think they're giving him one more kick at the can, so to speak. And however it ends, it definitely ends in a loss, and he's done. Um, but even if he wins, he still might be done. We'll yeah. see. He might retire. That's true. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe this is his retirement fight. Uh, we'll, we'll hear as the week uh, progresses on and uh, find out. Uh, uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, oh, as always, uh, this doesn't have the same 
Cache says last week uh, with the two title fights on the line, but uh, as always, uh, you know, watch these fight nights. You'll be impressed. There'll be guys jumping out. There'll be guys, young guys that uh, are super hungry. And uh, yeah, we'll see some amazing battles and uh, can't wait. Um, okay. Uh, let's, let's just uh, train, trade gears, change gears a little bit. And uh, as I said, the, uh, NFL uh, is <laughs> preseason starts this week on Thursday. Um, but the biggest news today was the six game suspension uh, for Deshaun Watson. Uh, mixed emotions from lots of areas uh, on the length of the suspension. Uh, the NFL has got it wrong in many cases. Uh, they decided to give it to an independent person to do an investigation and hand down a suspension if they thought it, thought it was just. Uh, so that's what's happened in this case. Um, I don't know why six games, I find it a little light, um, but he did miss the entire entirety of last season. Uh, you know, it was um, not a suspension, but basically he wasn't playing because of all this stuff that went on. Uh, so when you look at it that way, it's a one year and a third about of the season. Uh, what were your thoughts when you heard a uh, six game suspension for Deshaun? First question though. I, I don't know if you, you know this answer, but he was, even though he didn't play last year, he was still getting paid, right? Yeah. Because he got paid his full money. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it wasn't technically, so he was on vacation. So anyways, but, um, so it's a third of the season, and he already, I guess you could say, somewhat was punished from last year because he couldn't take the field, but he still got paid. <laughs> uh, uh, so if I look at it like that, if I look at it like with the fact that he was still getting paid, yeah, true, the field, yeah, yeah, right. That's, that's not really uh, punishment when you're when you get paid, don't have to go to work. Uh, it's a lot of people would think, hey, I'll sign up for that any day. Yeah, exactly, right? Uh, because, like, well, like, I thought the harshest that the suspension could have been was he misses the entire season. And obviously the Browns were hopefully that that didn't happen. <laughs> but I I personally think I thought it was going to be half. Yeah. I thought it would have been half the season. Sure. And I thought that would have been good. It would have provided justice for what happened to those women. Obviously not. Uh, that's why I believe there's still four ongoing against him. He settled 20, and I think there's still four left. Uh, they just settled three of the four. So, uh, um, yeah, so one outstanding that has not been settled. But, um, yeah, yeah, out of the civil lawsuits, um, all but one. So I think it's 23 out of 24. Three. Okay, and, and also, too. I don't think it, it got past like the 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 adjudicators like um uh pastor knowledge was that he had to deal with 24 counts. Yeah. 24 with like come on man. Yeah. And on top of that, it was actually 66 that had incidences with him. I I've never tried out 66 different chiropractors or deep tissue massage people. I don't know. I, I've never done that before. Yeah. I, I guess you can speak to that, but that's pretty cool. Pretty but very, very um, yeah, you know, like, like it's, yeah. it obviously something bad happened. Yeah. Obviously that's why you're settling it out of court. Yeah. So something had to happen. He had to be 
disciplined and punished somehow, some way. Yeah. I thought it should have been half to a year. You got a third. So they did something. And also, too, there's another reason why you got that monster contract. So he could pay off these women. Yeah. Now, like, yeah. like the Browns actually were complicitly helping him to solve his little problem there. Even with that, I look at that and I go, that's kind of a problem. Too. Yeah. No, I I was shocked when Cleveland uh, gave him $230 million guaranteed. Uh, you know, I thought $230 million is probably, you know, in the ballpark for an NFL quarterback. Uh, but guaranteed, yeah, when he's going through all this stuff. <clears throat> yeah, it was shocking that they even uh, went there. This has been a, you know, an absolute joke of a franchise for pretty much my entire life. Uh, you know, it, it's never really been some uh, franchise that you can look at and go, oh, wow, yeah, that's the way to do it. Uh, so, you know, they, you know, they, they put another black mark, I think, on, on their franchise by bringing them in in the first place. Um, you know, this, this to me was just handled really poorly, uh, has been handled poorly right from the start. Um, I, you know, when that many women step up and say he was, uh, you know, it was absolutely wrong what he did. Um, you know, I think there's got to be more severe punishment. Uh, you know, just yeah. you, as you said, you know, he, it didn't seem like a punishment last year, got his full salary, uh, just didn't play. He had already asked Houston for a trade out of there before this came to light. Um, he didn't want to play for that organization anymore, uh, but they still had to honor that, that salary, even though he had been doing this obviously over, you know, a few years. Uh, the other thing that, um, that I really wish would have been handed down would been uh, force him to do some counseling. Uh, you know, yeah. he needs some serious mental help. Uh, if he has this problem, um, is it going to go away? Uh, you know what? He hasn't shown any remorse. He hasn't apologized. He hasn't said, you know, maybe I didn't understand that, you know, it could, it should go this way. Uh, you know, there are, massages that do things that uh you know legitimate masseuses will never do and you know i don't know where the line got blurred there in his brain but he obviously uh, needs some mental help and uh that should be mandated i think the nfl should step up and say you know you have to do some serious things before you're allowed to touch the field again uh so this doesn't happen again and and these women you know all the things that they went through um, I, I don't know. It's just shocking that um, that isn't part of this. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we don't know exactly how his contract is structured with the Browns. Maybe the Browns could have, they could have put something in there, some language in there saying, you clearly need some help. So we're going to make sure that's in the contract so you, that you do get your help. I hope, I hope so. And, and it, could, it could be. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying that it could be. There's a lot of things that we just don't know. Yeah. But, I would, I would, I would, I would like to think that hopefully the young man just gets help for himself because he understands that there's a problem there. He doesn't have to say it out loud in the public, but hopefully friends, family, others, parents say, "Yeah, you're gonna have to fix that." Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, hope so. There was a lot of uh, controversy over the past couple of weeks about the uh, writing in the contract of Kyler Murray saying that he needed to make but sure that he was watching film. And not 
being distracted by video games, by television, <laughs> by and eating, by talking, by uh, I don't know. It was just that was pretty funny that that came to light uh, in his contract that um, he had to have mandatory film sessions for the week, and uh, they were going to check in on that and make sure he was doing it. Yeah, I know. I, I think that's kind of funny because I'm like, is he in elementary school? Got to do your homework, son. All right. No. You don't do your homework. I, I'm telling you, you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> you're like, what are you, what are you talking about? He's yeah. a grown man. <laughs> like, yeah. like Earl too, he's an NFL quarterback that's pretty good. I'm pretty sure he's got to watch some sort of film, right? Yeah. Like, like, what they're trying to tell me is that, no, he doesn't do anything. Yeah. It's all your talents. Well, that's, yeah, that's the thing. Like, that's the, the crazy thing that, um, yeah, you know, he, he possibly, they possibly had some, issues with it for that for even somebody to have that thought of well, we better put this in the contract because you know he's not being doing the film work like we want him to we expect him to do so you know he's been able to have the success he's had from not doing it but um yeah that was uh weird to to get the details of that and to know that yeah they said uh we will not uh honor this contract unless you watch film do yeah. your homework do your homework it was it was bizarre <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bizarre, but uh, hopefully then now he knows if that's clearly a weakness because of clearly the team, the organization he plays for believes it's a weakness. Yeah. And then now you got to address it then. And now that it's out there in the public, now that we all know that you don't watch film, <laughs> yeah. clearly don't because it's in your contract, he's going to have to change that about himself. So, And hopefully if he does, we'll, we'll, we'll see the results on the field because like there were two maniacs that were – one's still playing, one's retired, that were crazy about film. They, were, they, they watched film all the time. One's the greatest quarterback ever, Tom Brady. And the other guy was actually pretty good himself, Peyton Manning. So if you look at those two and you say, well, if you watch a lot of film, you could be like them. That's not bad, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. bad. Yeah, I, I'm amazed at so many of the athletes that they don't, um, yeah, they don't just – follow the footsteps of these guys and act like how, you know, these quarterbacks, uh, you know, these guys have, that have had massive success in there, they don't, uh, you know, conduct their lives, you know, pretty much the same. So they can have that kind of success and, you know, they're going to get the riches and the fame uh, if, if they win championships. Uh, you mentioned Tom Brady's seven. Uh, we talked about Bill Russell at length, 11, uh, you know, imagine, Conducting your life, uh, you know, examples are there. They're there. Yeah. Why don't you try to be like these guys? It's uh, crazy that they don't. Yeah. Although I think Tom Brady would be like, I can tell you a bunch of stuff of what I do, but you'll never be me. Sorry. Sorry about that. It's just the way it is. And then, and then, and then, you know what? You hear the voice from above. That would be God saying, he's right. You'll never be like him. <laughs> <laughs> Second coming of Jesus, eh? Uh, kind of, uh, yeah, it's, this is his son. Uh, we never actually knew. At some point, we might get the reveal that uh, this is actually his son. Yeah, that, and then, you know what I'd say? I knew it. I knew it. Every time I put down a bet, always losing my money. Always. <laughs> the golden child, yeah. He's, child. he's broken a lot of our hearts over the years, that's for sure. 
Yes, yes, he has. Um, the only other thing I want to mention about the weekend in sports, um, we saw a, an amazing F1 race. Uh, your cousin uh, had some really good, great uh, stuff over the weekend. I was able to watch a little bit of it today. Um, the, he had this really great uh, three-person um, chat last week, and uh, <clears throat> one of the guys said, do you know what the definition of insanity is? And uh, they they kind of nodded, both of them, and were like, yeah, yeah, we've heard that before. And then he said it again, you know what the definition of insanity is? And uh, your cousin's like, you know, just starting to say, yeah, it's the doing the same thing over and over without uh, or expecting different results. He was about to say the thing, and he just said about two or three words, and the guy said, Ferrari. And... Uh, <laughs> This okay. was shown again this weekend. Uh, Ferrari made the massive mistake of choosing some terrible hard tires. Uh, they took their guy out of first place. He ended up all the way down in sixth. Max Verstappen won, went from 10th place to win the win the win the race and take a massive absolute stranglehold on the F1 series championship, 80 points ahead. And uh, they're going into their summer break. They get the whole entire month of August off uh, and then resume the season in September. But um, I, that resonated in my head all week. And then to see Ferrari make a massive mistake and mess up their uh, top driver, Charles Leclerc, and uh, hand, the, uh, hand the trophy for this race to Max Verstappen and, and probably the championship too. It was crazy, and uh, but yeah, your your cousin was on it. Uh, this his guest was on it too, and and uh, I don't know how Ferrari has made so many mistakes mistakes this year, but um, Red Bull's happy, and uh, Max Verstappen looks like he's got another championship that he's going to win again this year. Well, then Max Verstappen sounds like he should be sending like a gift basket to Ferrari and be like, "Hey, next season I'll give you another one, no <laughs> yeah. problem." Yeah. On me. Here it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Get him a get him a special extra gift basket because holy cow, that was crazy. The the uh that, that race was just it was it was in there in Ferrari's hands and they threw it away. Uh Max Verstappen has never started so low on the starting grid, 10th place to win the win it. Uh Lewis Hamilton, tough year for Lewis. Uh, started sixth place on this race, ended up second place, George Russell third. But crazy, Ferrari has just blown this year. Uh, they had the be probably the best car, and they just could not uh, keep it together and win this championship. But enjoy your uh, one month off, David, and uh, have an awesome uh, summer break. And, um, yeah, we're going to have you on. We're going to have you on, right, Jason? We're going to get him on. We're going to do – a really good three-way conversation and we're going to talk about the second half of the season going in and and uh yeah well you'll have to bone up on your uh, f1 knowledge so uh we can uh, have a great conversation with them yes absolutely i'll be the first thing i'll say is like michael schumacher wait is he he, he doesn't drive anymore okay i, I guess <laughs> i'm gonna have <laughs> oh it's done i didn't even know he had one. Oh, look at that what's it what's his name kyle mick Travis. Oh, Mick Schumacher. <laughs> That's actually pretty awesome. Yeah. What a great name. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, and uh, the only other thing that we should mention is uh, the trade deadline in MLB is tomorrow afternoon. Uh, there have been a ton of trades already today. Um, Yankees got better. Houston got better. Seattle got better this weekend. Uh, Toronto has yet to make a deal so far, but uh, fingers crossed uh, they get uh, some help. And, and um, yeah, their American League rivals have all made deals. This weekend, uh, see, uh, Toronto needs a little bit more to go on a run. Uh, but, uh, yeah, fingers crossed something, something happens. I'll put some details on the website uh, if and when a trade happens. But, um, yeah, keep your eye out. Uh, trade deadline. There's been a flurry of activity. And the rich have got richer this week. Well, that's good because that's a great thing about baseball. It's like, ah, we got no limit to how much we can play our players. It's awesome. <laughs> Who wants more money? Uh, especially, actually, now that I think about it, Juan Soto. He's still, he, he still with the Nationals? Yeah, because, yeah. Okay, because, like, obviously, with the money they were offering was ridiculously low. Like, let's be honest here. Yeah. He was just like, what yeah. a slap in the face. Turned down $440 million so far. Supposedly, they're sweetening the, the deal. I haven't heard yeah. what the number is yet, but supposedly they threw another offer on the table that was more money than that. Uh, and I he... Yeah, there hasn't been an announcement that he signed, so he obviously turned that down too. Genius, genius. <laughs> he, he, you know what? He's doing it the right way. He's like, you know, you got more money in there. I know you do. <laughs> I'm gonna get every cent that I can. <laughs> I can't wait to sit in on the contract negotiations with you one day. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> I, you're looking at uh, the head guys at ESPN or. Uh, you know, one of the big uh, networks that get uh, professional sports, and you'd be like, "No, no, uh, I, I saw in that in that safe there. There's more money in there. You keep bringing it out. Keep bringing it out. Uh, it's gonna be yeah. fun to watch. It's gonna be uh, great to witness." Yeah, no, no, of course it is because that's them just taking out like shopping carts full of gold and money. That's it. This is like, no, is this an object? No, it's not. <laughs> I got kids to feed. No, actually, I don't. But <laughs> maybe by then you'll have kids. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. Maybe by then. Maybe, maybe by, by then. then. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be your. I'll be your agent. Uh, let's shake on it right now. I'll be your agent sitting there. We'll we'll do the negotiations together. I can't wait. Uh, I'll I'll bring in a hidden camera and we'll uh, we'll catch it. And then uh, all of our viewers and listeners can see the awesome negotiation skills that we both have. No, exactly. And also, too, I'll probably be like, you're going to have to sweeten the pot because I forgot he has to get paid, too. So I'm going to need a lot more money. <laughs> Imagine being in that position, eh? Imagine yeah, yeah. being in that position. Just uh, back up the Brinks truck. Yeah. closer. Bring it up. A little more, a little more. Yeah, must must be awesome. No, it's got to feel good. It's got to feel good. It's got to feel good to say, like, ridiculous things like Latrell Sprewell. <laughs> Just be like, I got kids to feed. It's like, how many? <laughs> I know, Jesus. Yeah. yeah, the money they're talking about these days is absolutely crazy and ridiculous. Um, okay, well, uh, we've reached August. Um, yeah, you got probably what three, four weeks left in your uh yeah, you're back at it. So enjoy your yeah. last uh last time. I'm glad rehab's going so well, and um, yeah, I'm glad you're getting close to hundred percent. Yeah, man. I, I, so am I. And I appreciate that. Thank you so much, my friend. I look forward to actually going back to work and getting back on a regular schedule again. Yeah. 
Well, enjoy the game on Thursday. And um, yeah, I'm sure we'll text a little bit. Uh, thanks again so much for letting me about, letting me know about Bill Russell. And uh, thank you for all the amazing things that you you said uh, about him uh, on this podcast. Um, this will be one that uh, I, I cherish for a long, long time. Uh, I think it's one of the best podcasts we had. I'm glad we were able to talk about such an important and amazing man. Yeah, uh, like he's is like I said before, an NBA icon, a social justice icon, a man, a man's man, a man that never backed down, a man that never considered himself less than anybody, and somebody that brought us all up, brought us all up. Yeah. Society is better off, is is better, I should say, is better because he was here with us for the limited amount of time that we had him. Yeah, yeah, well said, man. Okay. Thanks so much. Uh, take care of yourself, and uh, we'll talk real soon. Thanks, Jason. You, you betcha. Bye-bye. All right. Mike, goodbye. Okay. Well, that, uh, yeah, that couple hours flew by. Uh, that was great. Um, thanks so much for tuning in, as always. I appreciate your um, support, your viewership, and your listenership. Um, do you want to just uh, quickly mention before we hang up, uh, we've got some great sponsors, anchor.fm, easiest place to make a podcast, phenomenal posting on multiple podcast platforms for us. Just go to anchor.fm, follow the details, and you can do uh, what Jason and I just uh, took care of here. Um, I want to mention Verbero, hockey equipment and apparel company, industry leader in technology, performance and value, V350 stick is a must have. Um, Pampas and Possibilities, uh, phenomenal at uh, West Coast Vibes, sprucing up your house, making it look phenomenal. I highly recommend uh, bringing their expertise into the mix and uh, making your home look amazing. And uh, last but not least, Forever Living, the Aloe Vera Company for Health and Beauty Products. Aloe Vera is an amazing uh, plant that uh, just provides an incredible amount of great uh, products and you can purchase them on our website for discounted rates. Uh, please go to completesportsmedia.com and don't forget completemedianetwork.com for so much content that uh, people love. So uh, speaking of love, love you guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Appreciate the support as always and uh, look forward to talking to you really soon. Um, definitely a week from tonight. Uh, we'll be putting something out and uh, hopefully we'll get a few more through the summer here. Uh, we're trying to wrangle some great guests and uh, we will see some soon. Definitely uh, looking forward to speaking with uh, Jason's cousin, uh, the Camerons together on a podcast. Um, that'll be a must, must see TV. So um, take care of yourself. Have a really great week ahead and we will talk soon. Bye for now.